Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. Is, uh, is, is everyone familiar with the children's story uh, about, the, about the emperor's new clothes? Is there anybody that doesn't know that story? Really? You don't know that story? Oh, man. We got to educate you. So it's a story, just, you know, real briefly, the, 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 uh, the king wants a new suit of clothes and uh, a swindler comes into town and, and, uh, and brings some imaginary cloth that only the really smart, bright people, intelligent people can see. And, and of course, the king, wanting to be bright and intelligent, says, oh, what a beautiful fabric. And so the, the, the quote-unquote tailor goes through the, uh, the process of pretending to uh, sew together a suit of clothes and measures the king. And uh, the advisors come in and, uh, you know, they're not quite sure what's going on. But, of course, the tailor says, oh, you know, only the, only the smart people can see this, uh, oh, yes, now I see it. And, and word goes around that only the smart and the intelligent people can see this beautiful fabric. And so the, 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 the king takes off his clothes and he, and he dons this new set of clothes and marches out into the street and nobody says anything. They're all sucked into what's going on. And, uh, and finally, one little kid, you know, blessed are the children. Oh, my gosh. You know, children... They, children have no filter. They tell you exactly what you think, and that's a good thing. But sometimes they tell you exactly what they think, and that's a bad thing. So, you know, you got to kind of balance it out, and we, and, we, we, and we train up people to learn how to be discerning. But the king is marching through the streets, stark naked, uh, and everybody's commenting on this beautiful set of clothes that he's wearing, and one little kid says, wait a minute, he's, the, 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 the king is naked, he's having anything on. And of course, that starts a chain reaction, and everybody realizes, of course, they've been duped, and the king, in embarrassment, he runs back to, the, uh, uh, run, runs back to his castle. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking about that. Uh, uh, our culture, has convinced us of a set of clothing that is, uh, that is beautiful, uh, that is positive. Uh, and, and we're hearing things that absolutely make no sense. But the driving narrative of the culture today, well, it doesn't make sense to you because you're an idiot. It doesn't make sense to you because you're not smart. You're not, you're not bright like we are. And, and so we're hearing some really, really strange things. I've got a list of some of, some of the things that people are saying right now uh, that is just un- un- unbelievable. Uh, somehow, somehow, today it is un-American to count how many Americans there are in the American census. That, that <laughs> Russians, Russians influencing our elections is bad, but illegals voting in our elections is good. By the way, how many of you think that the Russians haven't been trying to influence our elections since the 50s? I mean, oh my gosh. Uh, uh, people who have never been to college should pay 
the, the debts of those who took out loans to go to college. That, yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, you can cheat. If you cheat to get into college, you go to prison. But if you cheat to get into the country, you go to college for free. Some people are being held responsible for things that never happened before they were born, and other people are not being held responsible for things that they're doing right now. Criminals are caught red-handed to hurt and, and released to hurt more people, but stopping them is bad because it violates their rights. If you disagree with somebody today, you're a hater and a bigot. And if you love somebody today, you need to celebrate all their choices. And if you point this out to anybody... You're lambasted. I would say that the culture is trying to tell us that we have a new set of clothes and we need to think that they're wonderful and embrace it all in spite of the fact that they're calling what is good bad and what is evil good and it's just getting turned all on its ear. And if you speak that, somehow you are less educated. And I'm thinking about that as, uh, as we're working our way through the uh, book of Romans. And if you have your Bible, I would invite you to open them to the 13th chapter of the book of Romans. And, and we'll look at this uh, a little more carefully. In the 11th verse, Paul starts out, And do this understanding the present times. Do this understanding the present times. Now, uh, I'm going to go back and I'm going to read from chapter, uh, uh, actually, what is Paul saying? Do what? You'll remember that chapters 1 through 11, chapters 1 through 11 gives us a theology. You move into chapter 12, and that's the so what portion of Paul's letter. Chapter 12 through the end is the practical application. And we've looked at this stuff, especially the 12th chapter, and especially uh, verses 9 through 21. Uh, But the whole 12th chapter and the 13th chapter are things that we need to be doing if we are followers of Jesus Christ. And it is some of it is contrary to what our culture says that we should do. Things like uh, 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 bless those who persecute you, bless and curse not, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with uh, one another, do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position, do not be conceited, do not repay anyone evil for evil, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody, if it is possible so far as it depends on you, live at peace with all people, do not take revenge. I will repay, says the Lord. It is mine to avenge. On the contrary, uh, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. Thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Those are just practical applications of our faith. And then the 13th chapter goes on to talk about how we are to submit to the governing authorities because the governing authorities are there by God's choice and design. And then we looked at last week, let no debt remain outstanding except uh, the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves, his, he who loves others has fulfilled the law. Uh, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Do no harm. Uh, and therefore, love is a fulfillment of the law. And then we get into our passage for today. And do this, do all of these things, understanding our times, the present times. 
the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness and sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of your sinful nature. Incredibly powerful words to close off this 13th chapter of the book of Romans. And we are to do all these things understanding our present times. We need to understand what the culture is saying to us. Now, let me take a step back and, and, and recognize that some of the stuff that is, that is coming to us is, is, is good stuff for us to think about. One of the cries of the, of the, of the cultural uh, milieu today is that, is that oppression is bad. And you know what? It is bad. It, it is wrong for us, to, for anybody to be oppressed by another human being, by a government, you name it. It is wrong. We need to lift up all people recognizing that we, all people are image bearers of God. And, and they are, if anything, not our enemies, but prisoners of the enemies. We need to see the inherent worth in each and every individual. So we, we need to be very, very careful. We need to understand our times so that we can learn and discern where we have made mistakes in our past so that we can move forward. As I've said, America is one of the best places to live in the world. But let's work to make it a better place to live in the world. Let's not go backwards, but let's go forwards. We need to understand the present times. It has been, I, I don't think it has ever been as critical for us as believers to understand our present times and how our faith can uh, inform and direct our lives as we seek to live out the gospel imperatives to love others as we have been loved, to recognize, you know, and go back to Micah 6.8, to be just people. Justice ought to define who we are, but then to turn around and love mercy. And that's on everybody else. And we'll talk about that more in just a little bit. And to walk humbly with God. No room for pride. No room for arrogance. No room for conceit. We need to recognize the amazing gifts that have been given to us through Jesus Christ and then freely give those gifts to others. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. <laughs> you know, the, 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 in the first century, they believed that Jesus' return was imminent. So uh, after the resurrection, Jesus popped around for about 40 days. Uh, and literally, he popped in and out of places. You know, the, you know, the disciples were behind closed doors. 
there's Jesus. Uh, you'll remember uh, Mr. and Mrs. Clopas on the road to Emmaus. Jesus is walking alongside of them at the end of the, at the, end of the journey, come and, have, uh, come and have supper with us. He goes in and he breaks the bread. They recognize who he is. He's gone. He disappears. Uh, they run back to, to Jerusalem to tell everybody that they've seen Jesus. He appears. So he pops in and out. At that, at that time, during that 40 days, Jesus is literally traveling at the speed of thought. But then comes the day of ascension. And the disciples are saying, when are you going to establish your kingdom? Lord, when is all this going to come to fruition? And he goes, the time is not for you to know. I don't even know. The Father has set that time. But you will receive power and you will be my witnesses in, in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then they wait. They're supposed to wait for that power to come. And when Jesus finishes talking, he, 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 he levitates off the ground. And they, and, they, and they watch him slowly ascend up into the heavens. I mean, up until this point, he was in and out, bing, bing, bing. Why this dramatic exit? And they're standing there, just in disbelief of what they are seeing. And a couple of angels show up and say, oh, yo, right here. The same way you watched him go, he's going to come back. The same way you watched him go, he's going to come back. So the day in the fullness of time, Jesus will return, and that's how he will come back. He will descend, and everybody will know it. Everybody will know it. And at that point, that will be the day of the Lord. And, and for some, they can't wait for that day. But for others, it's going to be a day of judgment. It's not going to be a pretty picture. It's going to be terrible. The, for those who have placed their hope and their faith in Jesus Christ, it is a culmination of all that we have hoped for in the, in the reality of his kingdom, and it'll be a glorious day. But we, we need to remember that, that, that those who have not accepted the gift of salvation through Jesus will be facing a Christless eternity apart from God. That's what salvation means. Our salvation is closer than, than uh, it's near now than when we first believed. And salvation ultimately means being, being saved, being pulled out of that final judgment. And so in the first century, they expected Jesus' return to be imminent. In fact, there are stories of shepherds walking in the fields and just stopping and looking up, hoping to catch a glimpse of Jesus uh, uh, descending back to earth. Now, we're, two, we're some 2,000 years later, and uh, uh, people have stopped looking up. And people have saying, well, you know, maybe it's not going to happen. When, when is this going to happen? You know, maybe the Lord has forgot about us. But what does the Bible say? One day to the Lord is as if a 1,000 years. And so maybe we're two days out. Maybe we're three days out. Maybe he's going to come on the third day in the 3,000th year. Who knows? But the point is that it is closer now than it was yesterday. And the reality is that uh, eternity is only as far away as our own mortality. Every single day, we pitch our tents one day closer to the Lord. Every day, our salvation is nearer now 
than when we first believed. That's what Paul is saying. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So, so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now, the, 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 the analogy of day and night is, uh, is, is prevalent in the ancient world, both in the Bible and in the pagan world. Uh, uh, the day was, uh, was identified with the good. The night was identified with, with evil and darkness. And, and when you stop and think about it, you know, it makes, it makes sense. Uh, it's so much easier to hide at night than it is uh, in the light of day. You know, if I'm walking down the street a block away when the sun is shining bright, you can see me and, and wave. You recognize uh, who I am. But at, uh, but at night, in, in, a, in a moonless night, you, you, you know, you're lucky to see uh, uh, five, ten feet in front of you. So this, this, this idea of darkness and, and light uh, is played out throughout Scripture. And it was played out throughout the ancient world. So the analogies that Paul is using here would have been understood by both of them. I love the section in, uh, uh, in John's Gospel where, uh, uh, where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And he says this in the third chapter of John's Gospel. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that one's uh, uh, evil deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes to the light so that it may be plainly seen that what is done has been done through the Lord. And so Paul is talking about that, 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 that uh, back and forth between, uh, between day and night, between darkness and light. And you'll remember in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. He himself identified himself as, as the light of the world. So uh, uh, Paul reiterates that and, and, and draws on those images. But I love this part where he says, let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Some translations actually say, let us put off the deeds of darkness and put on the deeds of light, the armor of light. And what does that look like? What does that look like? What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning and you get out of bed? Go back to sleep. <laughs> in a perfect world, yes. Maybe. I don't know. I get up. I'm an early riser. I get up out of bed. The first thing I do, I put on my slippers. You know, and I get ready for the day and I change. You, you, you would, and, and I thought about this morning, I thought, gee, I wonder what they would do if I came into service this morning in my pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't, and you can be grateful for that, uh, but I put off the things of the night, and I put on the things that were appropriate for the day. Paul tells us that we need to set aside the deeds of darkness and clothe ourselves in the armor of light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And then he goes on. He says, let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies, drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. 
Paul's talking about two different things here, I think. I think the first part, he's talking about the Roman culture, the clothing, if you will, of the Roman culture, things that would, Roman culture was, was, was very sensuous, very uh, 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 sensual, I guess it would be the word, uh, and very flesh-driven oriented, where you're, you're drinking and you're carousing and you're doing all this kind of stuff. So when he says that, that we should behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies, drunkenness, in sexual immorality or debauchery, he's talking about the Roman culture of the day. He's talking about the clothing that they wore that was acceptable. If you wanted to be in the in crowd, this is what you need to be doing. Yay. Aren't we having fun? As they, well, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, no, the, the, end, the end result is no, that they're not having fun. But you don't want anybody else to know that you're not having fun because everybody else is pretending to have fun. And they don't want you to know that they're not having fun either. And so everybody just kind of lies to each other. Kind of sounds a lot like what we're seeing today. But then he goes on to say, not in dissension and jealousy. And I, and, and I think at that point, Paul is crossing over from the uh, Roman culture to the Christian culture. What? You're trying to tell me that people within the Christian culture struggle with dissension and jealousy? Are you kidding me? How many denominations are there? Oh my gosh, more than you can count. How many churches are there? Yeah, that's right. It's only one church. But why do we have some 9,000 different denominations? Because of dissension and jealousy amongst the ranks. Hold on to that thought. Rather, he says in the 14th verse, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. That's what the Roman culture was all about. The Roman culture was all about satisfying the desires of the flesh. You could argue that that's what our culture is primarily about. Satisfying the desires of the flesh. I think there are two kind of people within the church today. And I want to be careful here. But I think that there are people who live out their faith intentionally. And there are people who live out their faith incidentally. And, 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 and it's uh, when a, when a uh, uh, do you remember a few years ago, uh, the, the big rage was a bracelet that you wore on your, uh, wore on your wrist that said, WWJD, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And the, and the, the idea was uh, that when you found yourself in a situation where you needed to make a decision, you were to stop and ask yourself, gee, what would Jesus do in, in this situation? If you wait until the moment you face a temptation, if you wait until the moment you face a struggle, if you wait until the moment you have a problem to consult the smartest guy in the room, I think that you are living your faith incidentally, not intentionally. And I think, unfortunately, that describes a large body of the church. And that's why we have dissension and jealousy. Remember earlier in, in, uh, in the 12th chapter, uh, verse 4 or verse 9 in the 12th chapter of Romans, Paul says, love must be sincere. 
And we talked about love as serving others, willing the good of others, engaging in, 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 in ways that we give rather than sit around and think about how we can receive. And so for us, if we want to, if, going back to this idea, rather clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that look like? I think it looks a lot like soul exercises. I think it looks a lot like before you get out of bed, start thinking about your favorite verse or maybe recite the Lord's Prayer before you even get out of bed. Maybe the 23rd Psalm. Some piece of scripture that is meaningful meaningful for you. Before you even get out of bed, you start orienting yourself. You start putting on the clothing of Jesus Christ. Somebody, somebody, I think it was, it was probably Dallas Willard who, who said, uh, asked the question, what would your life look like if Jesus lived it through you? Every decision that I'm going to make today, from the time that I get up out of bed until the time that I go to bed, uh, from the time I get up until the time that I go back to bed, every decision that I want to, every decision that I'm going to make, I'm going to consult Jesus and say, Jesus, what would you do? I mean, you know what? Do I put shoes on or sandals today? Well, you know what, David? I think you're good either way. Okay, thank you, Lord. And then I'm putting on my shoes or my sandals to the glory of Lord, uh, to the glory of Lord. What, 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 what am I going to have for breakfast today? You know, David, just stop for a minute. And give thanks, because there are a lot of people in the world that aren't having breakfast this morning. And there's also a whole lot of people that don't have the luxury of deciding whether or not they're going to have cereal or eggs and bacon. So before you eat anything, why don't you just take a moment and give thanks to God for all the gifts that you've had. So then you, get, you start to get dressed for the day. What am, what am I, I going to wear? Man, <laughs> I'll tell you that story at the end. Uh, uh, and and as, as I'm trying to pick, pick out a, a, a shirt and, and some slacks to wear for the day, uh, and, and Jesus says, you know, David, before you put those on, just recognize that uh, there are a lot of people that don't get a choice about what they put on in the morning. And, uh, and, and the fact that you have, in fact, you know what? You could probably get rid of half of your closet and, 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 and clothe a small nation. Uh, uh, now, that may be an exaggeration, but, uh, uh, but the point is the decision that what will I wear is translated then into a, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that I have these choices. And, 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 to, and to go through your day like that, consulting Jesus with every single decision that you make. And, and you know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some decisions that maybe you were thinking about making that you're not going to make because Jesus is right there with you. Uh, gee, I, I love the, uh, uh, the, the, the thing that Matt Moad challenged us with. He says, here's a question for you. Your family and your friends, they know that you're a Christian. Does your computer know that you're a Christian? Ah. So I'm thinking that if we intentionally, intentionally lived our day with Jesus, by the end of the day, first off, we'd probably be pretty exhausted. 
because we're not used to scrutinizing everything that we, that we do and we decide through the lens of who Jesus is. And we said, boy, that, I'm glad that exercise is over. But what if, we, what if we decided that we would do that every day? What if we decided that we were intentionally going to clothe ourselves in the light, in the armor of light, in the person of Jesus Christ, exercising our souls, doing those, those soul exercises that I hand out endlessly that are in the bulletin uh, each and every week, uh, spending time in scripture, spending time in, in meditative prayer, cutting ourselves off from screens. Can you go 24 hours without looking at a screen? Give it a shot. You know what? It's a good exercise. Dietrich tells me that he can go 24 hours. That's because your parents put pretty strict controls on your screens, right? Oh, my gosh. And you lived? You didn't have, you didn't have TV or Wi-Fi for two weeks and you survived? It was, oh. but it can be done. But it's important for us to unplug from time to time. It's important for us to pray for an enemy. It's important for us to do a kind deed to someone we may not like. I mean, those soul exercises are so important for us to work through. And not just when we are in a crunch period. Because when you are in a crunch period, I I think your chances are maybe 50-50 that you're going to make the right decision. If you're in that crunched position and you actually stop and think about, oh gosh, what would Jesus do? Jesus would say, David, it's almost 10 o'clock. Wrap this thing up. People got places to go. (laughs) Living our lives intentionally versus incidentally is a huge step for a Christian. But that's what Paul is calling us to do. Every day we put on clothing. Every day. And our culture has a set of clothes, a set of ideas, a set of concepts that they want us to embrace and lift up and not question. It is so important for us to cultivate a worldview because these messages, they come at us in so many ways. Listen, not to the beat, but to the words of the songs that are being sung today. When you watch a television program, watch for the themes that are being reinforced. Things that are commonplace today, 20 years ago, would have been shocking. And the first time that you saw it, you were shocked. But they know the drill. If I keep putting it in front of you day in and day out, pretty soon the shock is going to abate and you're just going to accept it because that's how things are. That's how the culture changes the clothing that we wear. And it's everywhere from television to the movie theaters to the songs to the books that we read. We have to be so careful to ensure that we have first put on the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can see clearly the message of the world and not get sucked in. Oh, the culture has a set of clothes and they're not real new, but they're very dangerous. And the only way that we are going to be able to discern what that clothing is is by understanding our times. And the only way that we're going to be able to understand our times is to be intentional about clothing ourselves in Christ Jesus our Lord, beginning when we first wake up. 
Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. Most of you know that I'm a, I'm a kept, uh, kept man. Um, my wife dresses me. Uh, and that's because my philosophy before I got married was if I could walk outside and not get arrested, I was okay. Uh, and it's taken a long time, and I'm still a work in progress because sometimes I'll come down uh, from, uh, from upstairs and ask the question, am I dressed appropriately for the day? If she pauses, I know the answer is no. <laughs> sometimes she'll ask, well, are you meeting anybody? Are you meeting with anybody? Then you might want to rethink that shirt. Uh, so the, the, the point is that uh, what we put on each and every day is a decision. And uh, we can put on the same old clothing uh, of yesterday uh, and the same old ideas that we once embraced. Or we can dress ourselves up in Christ Jesus and put on a new set of clothes, a new identity, a new hope. A couple of weeks ago, you'll remember, I, I, I held up uh, a, a philodendron that was all but dead. And, and I told you I was going to take it home and put it into water and see what happened. And, and I did that. And look at this little guy. He's, he's ready to be planted. He's got, he's got roots. He's got two leaves now that are beautiful green. And there's another one that's just getting ready to sprout out. Uh, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna put that in in uh, in some soil and it's gonna grow and it's gonna thrive. The same thing is true with our faith, but it must be intentional. It can't be incidental. We, we must make the decision each and every day how we're going to live our lives, uh, and who we're going to listen to, and who we're going to ask questions and guidance from. And remember, Jesus is the smartest guy in the room. Not just with with in regard to. Uh, uh, to issues of faith, but in, in regard to issues in everything in life, whether, whether you're a, a, a mathematician or an engineer or a, a banker or a, a promoter or a marketer, it doesn't matter. Jesus is the smartest guy in the room. Seek his face. Search for his wisdom. Intentionally clothe yourselves with the identity of Jesus Christ each and every day. And you will understand the times in which we are living. And together, we'll make better decisions. And together, we will find ourselves hoping that children aren't dying. <laughs> Those are your kids. Okay. And, and we will find ourselves living in the kingdom of God now and forevermore. Amen.